This is just one of those subjects and, uh, that, that I think many of us can relate to. This is from this series we're right now in them. This is your first time here. Um, that's fine because we always do everything so that if, you know, if you feel like it's your first time here, you won't feel like it anyway. And you can always go back and pick these up on the web too at, uh, at our uh, website. But um, toxic faith, these are, these are different things that we've come to believe, kind of almost like urban legends. Uh, that sometimes we start believing. And I'm sure most of us here, it's interesting because somebody just told me about this after last service, most of us here at one time or another have heard somebody come up to us after somebody gets sick or somebody dies or your business just dried up um, and, and, and says something like, um, well, you know, it's all, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I'm sure most of you have felt like me more than once when somebody says that. You just sometimes, you know, sometimes you're like, yeah, I think. Sometimes you just want to just, you know, attack them, you know, because it's a little, oh, I'm sure everything happens for a reason. Well, that's a, that's a great comfort to me as I sit here and look at my stock go from 100 to $3. That's a great comfort to me. Everything happens for a reason. Great. Yeah, thanks, pal. You know, go comfort somebody else. Um, I mean, really, it's, it, 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 and here's the thing. Here's the thing that I want to say. Um, the toxicity of this particular belief, if you want to call it that, um, it often trivializes tragedy. It certainly cheapens God and who he is. And, 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 and the really bad part is it seeks to formulize the workings of an almighty God. And uh, I'm going to explain each one of those things. But let me, let me, let me back up just for a second and talk, there's about three or four different categories here that I have outlined out uh, for, for these kind of people. Um, and I want to give them a break, because you know why? Here's the thing. My friend Steve said this to me, uh, I think Tuesday. He said, uh, or Wednesday, he said, you, you know, I know what you're going to do. You're going to stand up there and make fun of everybody who said this before, aren't you? Uh, who said, everything happens for a reason, you know, I'll chide him. And he knows me well, and I said, yeah, I'll probably do that. And, uh, and he said, just keep in mind this, because everybody there probably in any service has said that. And uh, oh, that was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good, pretty good wisdom there for me to hear. And uh, it's true, because I'm sure many of us here have said that. And you don't know what to say. And, and here's the truth. Here, I got three or four things. Uh, some people say everything happens for a reason, because in the face of someone else's tragedy, they don't know what else to say. You've been there, haven't you? Sir, Sure. Um, I can give you some suggestions, you know. Memorize one or two little lines from the Bible, you know. For instance, uh, in First Peter, you know, cast all your cares upon upon God because He care upon Jesus because He cares for you. That's just a that's a good one. Anyway, uh, some people because they don't know what else to say. Some people say it because they want to connect tragedy to something greater than themselves, and they want to know that there's someone directing it. It's all because of this God shaped hole that we all have in our lives. And, the, and, and they try to connect it. And they're sincere. They really are. You are. I, whoever's done this, they're sincere in, in, in their desire to do that. Some people, though, say it because they have seen how God can work wonders out of terrible circumstances. And they mistakenly then turn that into a formula that says something like, God must have caused this tragedy in order to accomplish his purpose. The truth is, that's bad theology. It's really just a symptom. 
just a symptom of, of our human need to try to dumb down a good understanding of who God really is or the desire that we just got to try to figure out God. And the truth is, you know, when I say it's bad theology, some of you are thinking, well, yeah, that's great for you to say. I don't have a degree in theology. How am I supposed to? Listen, all of you have a theology, whether you know it or not, you do, because that's just what you think about God. Maybe you've learned that with your own set of thinking over the years. Maybe it came from your parents. Maybe it came from some good pastor somewhere, I hope, or maybe a bad pastor. Who knows? Maybe you got bad theology. Um, uh, and over the years of, of listening to and going to church, you, ha- you have a theology. It's what you think of who God is. And what I'm going to tell you today is um, the real issue here, and, and it's important, we're not trying to crack the code of how God works, all right? Uh, rather, we're trying to discover who God really is. And the fact that God is a loving God who, had, who, who, do, who, who wants only good for the lives of of his people. He wants only good. And, and, and he, in spite of our rebellion, in spite of our, our own weaknesses and terrible tragedy uh, caused by sin in the world, he gives us this gift of free will, uh, but he also intervenes, and this is the part that I like so much, he also intervenes as a loving father would and should and can. Now, the key to this issue I'm going to say this about three or four times, so just get ready, okay? The key to this issue is rooted in a proper view of God. It's rooted in a proper view of God. The proper view of God is key to understanding the unexplainable tragedies of life. It's just, it's just key to it. And the thing is, um, these, these unexplainable tragedies of life go from Anybody who I talked with this morning who just had lost their mother um, to, to a disease, a life-changing uh, disease, crippling sometimes, sometimes um, more than that. Sometimes, and here's the thing I want to say, because some of you are not going to like me making this connection, but I'm going to do it anyway, and that is, even sometimes when you look at some of the circumstances that many of you are in right now uh, in terms of uh, stock and retirement and savings and jobs. You know, and you say, you're comparing, you know, losing all of your money or a lot of it to tragedy? You know, I am. I am. Because that's, that's, that's those, for some people, that's their world right now. And, and I, I guess one of the things I want to say about that is, if you're in that situation, and I know a lot of you are, um, I, I don't know if that you need this, but if you need somebody to give you permission to grieve, you got permission, all right? And I'm, I'm not going to trivialize it, because there's a whole lot of stuff. It's funny, I hear from people around the country, friends and so forth, and, and it's so funny how Wall Street now is being portrayed in the news, and, and you know, everybody in evil, uh, you know, ever, they're all, you're, all of you who work on the street are close to it, you know, you're all... You're all from hell, you're going to hell, and, and, and you're demons, and, and, and you're antichrist, all of you, you know. Um, I don't believe that, but I mean, that's, that's, that's what a lot of folks kind of imply in the Midwest and the South and other places outside of the Northeast. And I just say that's not true about, about uh, Wall Streeters, that's only true about people from Boston. No, I don't say that. Um, I don't say that. Um, 
but but here's the issue in this whole thing, and that is, you know, for I have a, a, one, a good friend one time told me we were playing golf, and a very wealthy guy, and he just said you know, we were talking about materials, and his and at that nothing like we're experiencing now, but at that time he was going through a, a downturn in some of his investments, um, and he just said, I just said, well, come on, man, I said you got three homes, you, you're going to be okay, and he said, yeah, but Rich, you don't really understand. He's like, I got a long train behind me. And that's what I think a lot of people don't realize. We all have a train behind us, you know. Some of us get, you know, one car or two cars. Some of us got a long, long, long train behind us. And, uh, and it goes with family and obligations and, and all kinds of other issues. So my point here is there is some real, real hurt here. And we need to be honest about that and, and face up to that and not try to put it back and say, well, it's nothing like a life-crippling disease. It may not be, but it's still, it's still tough, Okay. So when I talk about the tragedies of life, I'm talking about that too. Now, having said that, proper view of God is key to understanding the unexplainable tragic mysteries of life. may not give us any understanding always of deep, some of our deeper questions, but it will develop in us a deeper trust for God Almighty. I need to take just a minute and do what, I, what a friend of mine calls a theological parenthesis here. I want to just... just uh, what, what does that mean? I want, I want to... I, when they talk about this subject, I can't talk about it without, without talking about why bad things do happen. And I've talked about it before, but you, you just got to do it. You, just, just maybe review for some of you, maybe first time for others of you. Um, tragedy, catastrophe, whatever you want to call it, happens because mankind chose to disobey God. That's why it happens. Let me show you. We're, we're free moral agents in this world. God gave us that ability. We chose sin. Me and you. We did. You say, well, what do you mean we did? Let me introduce you to a subject. Maybe you're familiar with it. Maybe you're not. It's called original sin. It's in the Bible, very clearly in the Bible. Let me show you that. Romans chapter 5. When Adam's sin, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. That's original sin. We all, we're all right there, folks. You say, well, I don't believe. You know, listen, I don't know. I don't care right now whether you believe that literally or if you believe that figuratively. Or I just want you to really understand there is this thing called original sin. You've been affected by it. The world's been affected by it. It expands on that whole thought later on in the book of Romans. Against its will, all creation was, subject, was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. The world's affected by original sin. And I know just one thing. If you're a doubter of original sin, I was, give, me, give me one hour, me and you and a computer, okay? And all we'll do, we'll just, we'll just go through news websites. We'll, do, we'll go to any news website you want to go to. If you want to do the New York Times, we'll have to, I'll have to take off my... Uh, I have a, a thing that protects that from coming onto my screen, but, but, if, but, but I have a filter so I don't get that kind of stuff. But, but uh, I'll, I'll, even, I'll even take that off and we'll, be, we'll, we'll read the New York Times if you want to. And I'll show you, and we'll go wherever you want to go, fox.com, cnn.com, wherever you want to go. And, and I'll show you just through the news. We'll say, I'll just, I don't even need the Bible to prove this point of original sin. It's just so clear. And we've all been affected by it. That's why bad things happen. To bad people. That's why bad things happen to good people. That's why bad things happen to mediocre people. You know, because of sin. People say, well, you know, I don't understand why. And I've got a couple of friends dealing with this right now, and they haven't, they haven't said this, but there are others who say, uh, I don't understand why, why my friend or, or this person got, got cancer or this other thing. And I don't understand why, why, God, why God did that. Listen, 
God created a perfect world. We screwed it up. God created a world where there wasn't any sickness. We screwed it up. God created a world where people wouldn't break each other's heart. There wouldn't be abuse. There wouldn't be violence. We screwed it up. See, that's, you, you got to start there before you start blaming God for, for, for you know, Katrina. Oh, no, that's, I'm, I'm sorry. That was George W. Bush's fault. I forgot. Um, it, it, it was uh, <laughs> before we start blaming God for stuff. God, God never intended to have storms and hurricanes and, and all this kind of, He had a perfect world. We screwed it up. You know, that's, that's the point here. The Bible is very clear about that, and you don't really even need the Bible to figure that out, but the Bible is very clear about that. So, that brings... Oh, I, by the way, let me just add one other verse. One verse. Because I think I would be leaving something out if I didn't add this one thing. We screwed it up, but you know what? God did something else. This, is, this happens also in the book of Romans, chapter 5. Watch this. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful kindness rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, the world is broken. That's why Jesus came. Don't miss that. That's the second half of that. That's the better part of that story. That's why Jesus came. Because you and I desperately need somebody to rescue us, to bail us out, good word these days, uh, from our own sinfulness. That's why Jesus came. Okay. Now let's get back to that. That's, that's, We've got to do My parenthesis is over there, but now I want to come back. So does everything happen for a reason? Are you going to answer that question, Rich? You're going to answer that question. There are three, basically three groups of people here as best as best as I have read and figured this out and talked to people over the years, there are basically three groups of people here uh, who would answer this different ways. Does everything happen for a reason? And some would say, no, everything doesn't happen for a reason. It's simply because we live in a broken, sin-infested world where broken people who do evil things that are senseless, violent, or abusive, and while good can come out of it, it may not always so you got that group of people. They would say, no, everything doesn't happen for a reason. Um, but God can use it for good. But he doesn't always, depending on other things. And then there's a second group of people who would say, yes, everything happens for a reason, but we just don't always know. And we may never know what those reasons are. And that's good thinking too. They say, yeah, everything happens for a reason because God's still got things under control even though we have gone our own way. But we don't always know what those reasons are. And there's a third group of people of which I'm a member and a proud member. And I'm going to be a spokesperson for that group right now, okay? Um, A third group of people who would say, does everything happen for a reason? I don't know. I don't know. Above my pay grade. Maybe you heard that before. I don't know if you heard that before or not. It's above my pay grade. Yeah, I got elected president, you say that. Anyway, never mind. It was a good answer, by the way. I wasn't, I'm, not, I'm not chiding. It. it was a good answer on a lot of issues because there are some things that just are above our ability to understand. Just a, you know, and, and that's the point here. So, let's, so let, let's, let's deal with something concrete here. Let's deal with something that I can say with confidence. 
Okay? And, and, and that's what I want to do because there's, I'm going to show you two, two verses. I got, you know, I'm going to do this. I, I, I'm, I've been intending. I got, I'm always saying sometimes, or not always, but I'm saying, oh, that's a, here's, a, here's one of my life verses. I have, I prob- I'm going to make a list sometimes of my 25 life, top 25 life verses. And I know that you're just dying to see that list. I can tell by looking at your face. You're just like, great, I'll read that when I have insomnia sometime, Rich. Uh, anyway, this is, I'm going to show you one of my life verses because keep in mind, the key issue is rooted in having a proper view of God and how you're going to respond to the things that, 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 that happen in your life. Here we go. Here's, here's, the, here's the first verse I'm going to give you on this issue. Romans, Romans chapter 8. By the way, this is, this is a verse that a lot of people would point to when they say everything happens for a reason. Watch carefully the wording. It's key. It's key. Leave out one phrase and you've got a whole different verse. And we know, Romans 8, 28, that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them, or his purpose for them. It's a great verse. Leave out that phrase... Prepositional phrase, to work together. God causes everything for the good of those who love God. I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like that verse that said that. And it wouldn't be true either. That's where you've got to kind of be careful when you start pulling things out of the Bible. Um, but this is so good. God, we know, we know because of original sin that God doesn't cause everything. He didn't want it. He created a world without it. We brought all that junk in. This is an important issue for us. God causes everything to work together. God can use, you know, this is the thing. Does everything happen for a reason? I don't know for sure. I've got, got some opinion about it, but, but God can use everything that happens for his reasons and for his purposes. He can use everything that happens. I do know that because the Bible tells me that. Um, C.S. Lewis said, God, who foresaw your tribulation has specifically armed you to go through it, not without pain, but without stain. I like that a lot, the way he says that. So that's the issue here, a proper view of God and him working in our life and in my life. And a proper view of God would be that he loves me more than I can imagine. A proper view of, of God would also show that God is big enough, omniscient enough, omnipotent enough, that while he let us have free will and we brought sin into the world, he can still filter the stuff that comes into our life and, and, and stuff that can happen to our life, and he can use it for good in our lives if we'll, if we'll allow him to do that and not just stay bitter and whiny and complaining and, and all the other kind of stuff that we can do, you know? Um, so here's the key to this whole thing. Proper view. By the way, let me just let me interject one, one, one more thing about a proper view of God. Proper view of God is, is really important. And, 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 and fortune, I mean, this is, what I'm going to tell you now is, is, is it's just, just, hang, just think about it, all right? You don't have to agree with me, but, but someday you'll, you know, as my professor used to say, you currently have the option to disagree with me, you know. Someday in heaven you'll have to agree with me. But anyway, that's kind of an arrogant statement, so I wouldn't say that. But um, you can disagree with this if you want, but here's something to think about. We often get our view of God from how we view our Father. Just think about it for a minute. If you had a father who wasn't there, you probably have had a few, you can get over this, but you, you, you may have had some struggles in your life thinking God wasn't there. Because your dad was never there. 
or just left you. If you had a guy, if you had a father who would, just, oh, everything's always great, all, no discipline whatsoever, just, oh, just wait, anything you want, everything you want, anything you want, you may have a view or have had, hopefully you've gotten over this and gotten through it, but you may have had a view or have a view of God that tend, has a tendency to think of God as this great Santa Claus in the sky who just gives you everything. And that's not God. He is a great God and He is a good God. But there's also another side. He's just also. On the other side of that is if you had a God, if you had a father who was just boom, boom, just always coming down on you, hard and, and just, you know, just real stern and not loving, then you may have a view or have had to struggle with a view of God in which he was, he's this big ogre in the sky that's out to get me. Now, you, you can, you know, again, you can get over this stuff, you think through it, you pray through it, and you read the Bible, and you realize God is the perfect balance of all those things. None of us fathers are perfect. We all know that. It does challenge, and I've thought about that a number of years, it's challenged me to try to be balanced as a father, to be balanced between loving and kind and gracious and generous and still fair and just, you know, and, and have, have boundaries and so forth. It's just, it's a great challenge for all of us to think about that. Thank God that we're able, if we didn't have a good role model of a father, we could, thank God we're able to get beyond that and think through that and pray through that and, and, and go through that. But that's just another, another avenue where so many things are affected by a proper view of God. And certainly that one, and certainly this one that we're talking about when it comes to, does everything happen for a reason? Well, I don't know for sure about if it happens for a reason, but everything can be used for God's reasons in my life. Let me show you one more thing. Um, because there's so many things we don't understand. Another one of my life verses, Deuteronomy 29, 29. You ready for this one? The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them. But we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. We don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things. Nobody puts it this way. Our God will take care of the hidden things, but the revealed things are our business. I know, for instance, that Jesus said when he was asked, what's the most important thing in, the, what's the most important thing in all the, of the law of the prophets? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. People say, you know, I want to deal with some really deep theological truth. I usually, particularly if I'm in one of my smart aleck moods, I'll usually say something like, you want a deep theological truth? Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Get that one down and come back and see me later. I'm still working on that one, folks. Still working on that. That's deep theological truth. That's, that's deep stuff right there. It really is when you think about it. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. A lot of things are hidden. Doesn't mean I shouldn't try to understand. Doesn't mean I shouldn't pray and study and read and try to figure some of these things out. Doesn't mean I shouldn't do that, but there are some things I'm just not, not ever going to know. Particularly when it comes to God and tragedy and, and, and sickness and problems. And, you know, 401Ks, all the other, I mean, all those things. There's going to be a lot of things we just... Don't understand. Well, yeah, I got a reason. This happened. This happened. So and so did this. But yeah, but why? You know. Let me show you one 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 thing. Proper view of God is everything. Let me show you one last quote before I show it to you. Um, I got to set it up for you. Um, Victor Frankel or Frankel. I say Frankel because I'm from the Midwest. Um, great 
great author, survivor of the Holocaust. We do this thing on Thursday night um, here. Well, actually, we do it downstairs and backstage in our other space downstairs. Um, it's um, every other Thursday night we have Bible study, and then the, on the other Thursday nights, you know, every uh, first and third, I think, and then the second and fourth Thursdays, we have what we call literary group, and we use these uh, readings that from Trinity Forum. Um, Trinity Forum, you look it up, they're a group out of D.C. If you know the name Oz Guinness, just, he's, he's one, of the, one of the guys involved with that. Some real, some real deep-thinking people uh, who put out some pretty, pretty amazing stuff. This all based, you know, faith-based. And, and, and they'll do a little, like, abridgments of different little books and literary, uh, literary stuff, great literature, uh, whether it be, whether it be uh, Les Miserables or, or whether it be some other stuff. And, and one of them that we did was Frankel's... Um, is it the meaning of life or man's search for meaning? Which one? What's like man's search for meaning? Yeah, man's search for meaning. Um, just great, great book. And they had an and at the end of it, they always have some faith-based type of questions. And uh, and we did this one last year. Man's search for meaning. Frankel. Oh my gosh. And I didn't. I didn't even do the. the I didn't do the unabridged book. I just did the, 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 the abbreviated one. It just. It just. It just knocks you right in the tail. Um, it, just, it, just, I mean, it just kicks you. I mean, it, it's so... He, he, he's writing this about the Holocaust. And, and, and I'll never forget one thing. And, and, and uh, he, was, he was seeing hundreds of people die every day. Sheer stroke of luck, or God, that he wasn't one of them on many different issues. And one, one night, they're in their little hut thing, and um, he writes about his friend's having a nightmare. And he says, I decided I wouldn't wake him up because reality was worse than whatever his nightmare was. And you're like, jeez. I mean, you're just like, yeah, it was. Frankel said this, and it's just, think about those circumstances. Think about those circumstances. And a guy coming out of that writes this for us. You ready? The last of the human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. I mean, I just, that just, that'll really tick you on it. The last of the human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. That's always true. That's true in the midst of sickness that's debilitating. That's true in the midst of people dying. Kids that are disenfranchised. Parents that are aging. A market that's going straight down the toilet. Sorry. That's going straight down. I mean, that's true in any, in any set of circumstances. Just think about that. Choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. We still have that choice. And I got really good news for you today. For the person who's a follower of Christ, we have this, this thing called the Holy Spirit who lives in us. The Bible tells us those who come to Christ have, are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. We have this initial and, and this extra energy, strength, power, uh, that comes from a relationship with God. That, that when we think about this, we have a, a, another ability giving us the ability to make that choice. That's really cool. I mean, that's really great when you think about that. We as followers of Christ have this relationship with God and have this extra uh, ability to be able uh, to, to, to make the choices that we need to make, particularly 
when, when it's very challenging and very difficult. You can thank God for that. Now, does that mean that we always are going to do that? No, but we can. And I'm going to just challenge you this morning to think about that. And to think about, if you're a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living in you to make that happen, even more so. I want you to think about that today. And I want you to think about that tomorrow morning when everything starts hitting the fan again. You know? And Tuesday and Wednesday and and all the other times. Because this isn't just Sunday stuff. Proper view of God, the indwelling Spirit of God who lives in us, can indeed change our life and how we respond to those things going on around us. Let's pray. Ask God for help with this. God, I do pray that for each one of us because um, it's we, we need to be challenged today and we need to really be able to to do it in the days to come. Whatever our... We're talking... I'm talking to people here that are dealing with every negative circumstance in their lives, uh, different ones that, that one can think of, whether it's illness or death or almost death or income, lack of job, total uncertainty of what the future is going to do and ability to, 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 to make things happen that they thought could happen from a financial standpoint. I pray for each one, God, and that you, we would understand that you give us that ability, that we can indeed make the choice, still make the choice of how we choose to respond to any given set of circumstances. I pray that for each one of us. Thank you for Jesus and that he came, that he, he, he lived, he suffered, he died, and he rose again to give us an ability to have this relationship with our creator, our Lord God, with you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.